Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. So the first thing I just wanted to um, point out is that Gabe's shirt, I'm sure you're all wondering what it said. It says, surely not everybody was kung fu fighting. So now you know that's what was on Gabe's shirt. I'm sure you were wondering. (laughs) Mystery solved. Um, But my name is Ashley, and if we haven't met, I'm the student ministries director here at North Bay. Um, And this is Logan. Hi, I'm Logan. Um, and so Dan is on vacation this week. He got to spend some time with family, had a family reunion. Uh, so you get us this morning. Um, and United is like student ministries title for uh, high school and middle school. And we have United like programs taking place all over Whatcom County. Um, so yeah, United. Um, Dan, oh, about us. This is very important. Oh, yes, So yes. just the one thing that you need to know about Logan and I together that we are very proud of is that we share the same birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we are birthday buddies. We yep. were born on April 6th. Yep. We are very proud to be in that club. Absolutely. And so we just want to know if any of you have a birthday on April 6th. If you could please just let us know later, we would love to have you in the club. You'll get like your, your courtesy invitational package in the mail. Yeah, no? okay. we'll have a joint birthday. We're still unique, okay. Yeah, okay, so we're birthday buddies. Uh, and we work together. So Dan was like, so I'm going on vacation. And he asked if I wanted to speak on Sunday. And I was like, I really love speaking. I get to speak a lot at Middle School United and High School United. That being said, if you want to like squirm in your seat or talk to your neighbor or get on your phone or get up and go to the bathroom, that will make Logan and I feel very comfortable. We're used to it. We're um, trained. Because we're used to speaking to middle schoolers. So feel free. Um, But I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I want to. I don't really know. Like, life's just really busy. Like, we all know summer, it takes a lot of work. But then he was like, you can talk about students. And I was like, okay, yes, I want to then. Um, So I was like, well, how can I, like, communicate and, like, convey sort of the heart of student ministries to all of you? Um, I was like, I could talk about Middle School United, where we come here, this room, Tuesday nights, feels a lot different. The kids hit each other with pool noodles. Um, I could talk about high school, right, Caleb? Yeah. I could talk about High School United and how we share a meal together every Sunday night. Um, Talk about student leaders, brag on them for a second. They meet every week during the school year at 6 a.m. at Starbucks in Blaine. So, that's just, they're amazing. Um, I could talk about one nights where we get together with students from all over Whatcom County. Uh, I could talk about Go Camp, which is coming up. Uh, we've been doing it for years, and we meet at Camp Furwood. It's super fun. Uh, if you want to send a kid to camp, let me know. And also, I could talk about student uh, adult leaders. They're amazing. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do without all of our adult leaders and then also uh, the interns oh, that stop. we have. Stop. But I just didn't feel like that quite did it in terms of talking about United. So Logan and I decided that we're going to take the time, it's going to take a second, to introduce (laughs) all of you to all of our students. They're not here. They're not all here, unfortunately. We're not going to, like, bring them on stage. There are a few here. I don't think they want to come on stage. So we're just going to introduce you to all of them. Does that sound good? Yeah, well, we're going to do it anyway. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. So here we go. This is Alana. That's Gabe. Nick. That's Zach. Camille. 
That's Ariel. Myrta. Myrta. That's Liam. <laughs> Andrew and a puppy. <laughs> That's Trent. Zoe. Okay, so we got Shaylin and Bailey right there. And puppies. Brianne. Uh, this is Brianna, different. <laughs> Caleb. And a Mikey. This is Aurora. You got uh, this. Okay, okay, so we got Milo, Ethan, Evan, we don't talk about him, Lucas, myself, <laughs> Luke. I mean, we do talk about him. We have Tatum and Grace. <laughs> don't talk about her. Uh, we got Zach again, we got Kyle. Oh, goodness. Hannah. Oh, yeah, it was my turn. I can't confuse. We got Lamb again. We got Jalen. We have Anna and Colin. That's Sophie and that's Macy. This is Drake and, and Logan. Yeah, that's Puffy again. Oh, that's, that's Ivan. That's Ivan. Yeah, right, right. Alina. Uh, oh, that, that's David. That's David. Yep. Asia. That's, that's Brayden. <laughs> this is Dee Dee. That's Riley. Mo well, we've been calling her Moody Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Wachoni. That's Dylan. That's Dylan right there. That's, oh, that's Jesse. Yeah, that's Jesse. Wait, Jesse? Oh, it's Jesse. This is Justice. That, that's Sawyer. <laughs> this is Lamb and Ruth. Um, again, we have Luke, myself, the munchkin on my back is JJ, uh, Sebastian, the kid in the hat in the back, the, uh, that's, uh, that's Brazil, we got Macy, uh, then I don't know who the person in the black shirt is, but then we got Milo. Basketball is my girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> His shirt said that. Megan! <laughs> Didn't know we used that picture. Uh, we got Rebecca and puppies, and I think that's Drake. All right. We went to visit some puppies a couple weeks ago because we knew the kids would come. Um, but the thing that I love and the reason that we decided to take time to show you pictures, that's not even all of our students, is because behind every single face is a story, right? We could tell you, well, if we had time, we could tell you about their stories. They probably wouldn't give us their permission. but um, And honestly, they would be like... There would be awesome things about their stories, but there would also be really hard things about their stories. Um, if you're familiar with Birch Bay and Blaine, there's a lot of just like rough stuff that goes on. Our students would tell us stories about addiction. They would tell us stories about insecurity, about pain, about bullying, about things going on at school, about things going on in their families. And there's not a week that goes by uh, without one of them just coming to us and talking through the things that are going on in their lives. But all that to say... On the other side, they have so many stories of joy and hope and dreams and just the brightest outlook on the future. And regardless of all of the things that are going on in their lives, they continue to ask questions, they continue to show up, they continue to choose joy, and they continue to choose to be a part of the community that the Lord has created through United. Um, and sure... Like, I think that people kind of char characteristically think that that's something that's unique to students, right? That they have hardship, but they're students, or they're young, so they're kind of just naturally able to choose joy and be in community and take risks. Um, you know, people say, like, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Like, I'm stuck in my ways. It's something that we're familiar with. Um, but the Bible speaks over and over about what it means for 
just students and younger people and what the faith of a younger person looks like to come to the Lord, right? Jesus says, like, let the little children come to me. Uh, the Bible says, like, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And so Logan and I are just challenged to say, like, we want to spend some time this morning looking at stories of faith. And not just stories of students, but stories from the Bible and stories um, from our own lives. Just to sort of take some time as a community to challenge one another. Like, what are areas in your life where things might be hard or tricky or circumstances might be tough, but where there's an opportunity to choose to step into the things that God um, has for us? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into a little bit of scripture this morning. If you would join me. Um, Jesus, thank you that you have given us your word. Um, that it is full of promises, that you show us that you are a God that is faithful, um, and that there are people that have come before us who have lived lives of bold faith. Um, God, I ask that this morning, just by the power of your Holy Spirit, you'd be working inside of every single one of us, um, and by your Spirit, you would inspire us, and you would move us towards action. Uh, God, that we would experience the fullness of the life that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so if you say faith in stories, there's probably a, a main passage of scripture that you automatically think of, um, and that is Hebrews 11. And so we are going to just read through it because it's the word of God and it's powerful. We're not going to read all of it. I'm going to read it to you. You're welcome. We're going to read about 13 verses. <laughs> just like pay attention to the things that are repeating, okay? And when things repeat, pay attention. Um, okay, so Hebrews 11 now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. And by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in the foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. I need a drink of water. <laughs> okay, 
So if you are at all familiar with this passage, it's commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith. Um, But in my research, I discovered that there's not a single translation of the Bible that actually titles this chapter the Hall of Faith. Granted, those little titles are like man-made. You won't really write whatever you want in there. But I thought it was an interesting point. And so I I was reading through this article, and the author made this point that it's almost inappropriate to call this passage of Scripture the Hall of Faith, um, sort of based off of the idea of a Hall of Fame. Because what's characteristically unique about a Hall of Fame is that it's sort of a story about people who have done sort of things that are like elevated or unachievable or sort of taking a group of people and putting them up on a pedestal that we might look up to, but it's sort of unreachable. Um, Whereas the intention of Hebrews 11 is actually to make the point that you don't need to be special. You don't need to have special skills. You don't need to have any sort of special thing about you to engage in faith, to be an example of faith. Um, So I have a quote. It says, Hebrews 11 exists for your imitation. God didn't give us this section of the Bible for us to think, look at these great followers of God. I'll never be like them. Chapter 11 is filed for our imitation. The barrage of by faith is there to weave us together and join us in the story of God's glory. Um, So some of the other sort of captions or different like headings for this verse, this section of verses is examples of faith or the power of bold faith, which just seems a little bit more fitting than the hall of faith. Um, And if you go back to Hebrews 11 verse 4, it says that um, although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So I just want to like kind of keep that in mind about what the power is having an example of faith as we're like, considering what that might look like for us. Yeah, so if, in case you haven't been able to put it together yet, we are talking about faith. And I think one of the most important things we could do as we're like going into this is that we talk about like what faith actually is, the word itself. Not like the concept, but the word itself. Because it's one of those words that when we're in like a church setting, it gets thrown around almost like, I, don't, I wouldn't say like crazy because it's a great word. But... People use it when, when they're talking about like when God's doing things in their lives. They're like, yeah, God's just testing my faith. He's strengthening it, deepening it, encouraging it. He's doing all these things with their faith. But it becomes one of these words that's so used that it's ingrained in the culture of the church that it gets taken for granted and the meaning of it actually becomes like hidden. You, you can have like a picture of it in your head. You can have a concept of it. But if you're actually asked to define faith, you might be at like a little loss of words. You might not be able to put it together. You're like, yeah, faith is, uh, you know, that thing. But luckily, we might be asking ourselves, like, what is faith then? What does the Bible say about faith? Luckily, the writer of Hebrews, in talking about faith, he started off by introducing us to what faith is. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, this confidence and assurance is about the promises God has for us. The promises that he loves us, that he's with us, and that he's for us. uh, That he sent his son to save us. That uh, his son died for us. And that his spirit is within us. He made a way for us to enter into a relationship with him through the blood of his son, Jesus. And so that we may have a place within the body of Christ, the church, in community. So, 
although Hebrews defines faith as confidence and assurance, there's one clear distinction that needs to be made about faith. And it like might be a little bit like bit like nerve-wracking a little bit. But the point is that faith is not belief. It's not just belief. Because, well, Ashley actually showed me this little devotional thing that she was reading a couple days ago, and it said that we can be so amazed in belief about the things that God's doing. We can be so amazed in belief about how he loves us, uh, the community he's built around us. But it doesn't really mean that we're faithful if we just hold on to that and keep it, it being amazed in belief. Don't, don't get me wrong. Believing in knowing in God, they're essential. It's kind of like the basis of what we're doing here. <laughs> because, I mean, would you be in a building if you weren't believing in it? But you might. But anyway, James 2 puts it this way. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, Good. He even says it's good. Good to believe in God. Okay? But even the demons believe that in shudder. Ouch. That's a little offensive, and you might be thinking that's a bit harsh. But that's the exact point James wanted to make. Because he wanted to get a point across that belief isn't where you stop. You don't just believe in God. and like, yeah, I'm going to sign off. I'm good. So from, from there, we actually want to see what it means to be faithful. And he says, you foolish person, ouch again, ouch. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Here's the evidence, everybody. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? That sounds like a bad thing, but he's being faithful to God. I don't want you guys to be leaving here and offering your children up to the altar, you know. But anyway, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Faith isn't whole without actions. It wasn't complete without the actions he brought to the altar. So when I say faith isn't belief, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it isn't a part of faith. It is a part of faith. But because, because we want to be faithful, we need to believe in something. And that thing that we believe in is that God so loved the world, that he sent his one and only son so that anyone who would believe in him would have eternal life. Right? So, when we know that, it's important for us to actually look on the things that God has already done to be able to look at, back at the miracles he's already worked so that we can know what God can do. And when we know what God can do, we'll be able to believe in what he will do. And what completes his faith, and what makes people faithful is when we take that belief, we take what we know, and we act on it. And that brings me to the second point, that faith is the partnership of what we believe and what we do. And it took a lot more than belief for Abraham to offer his son Isaac. You can believe in a lot of things, but it won't often take you to a point where you're actually doing something for it. It wasn't by belief that Abraham offered Isaac. It was by faith. So we can believe with all our heart that God is God. He's good. He's created the universe. Jesus is our superhero. But we won't actually know God until we take the steps that require us to trust him. Until we take that step where we're not sure where we're going. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit uncomfortable. But he's right there with you along each step. 
And it doesn't matter what the size of the step is. It doesn't have to be this big thing where you're going to go, oh yeah, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to change the world. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go uh, to Antarctica, preach penguins or something. No. <laughs> it can be, you just need to have a conversation. You just need to pray. You just need to open the Bible at one point. Because it might look like a small step, but in God's eyes, it's a big step. So, as we're going, uh, it's hard to take those steps, though. And our circumstances can often take our eyes away from those promises, the things that we're called to, and take us away from taking those steps. And if you guys are like me, it's not just one like, specific thing that always like, trips you up. It's multiple things that like, can hold up your faith. And in the Bible, we even see that there are people who don't think they're cut out for the job. They don't match the mold of a hero but still they end up taking the step of faith. And if any of these things have ever crossed your mind, you're not alone because that's body of Christ is made up of people who have troubles taking step of faith, but we take them together. So if we go back in Hebrews, there's stories of these people in the Bible itself who struggled to take steps of faith. There's even people in the Bible who had a direct conversation with God in a burning bush and still walked away feeling uncomfortable and insecure and still felt like they weren't like the, the right person for the job. So anyway, Hebrews 11 says this. I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword. You guys might be wondering, do I know what the definition of insecurity and weakness is? And I do. To be insecure means to not be secure. But the evidence, the real important part, the real important part comes at the end of this little scripture. And it says, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Whose weakness was turned to strength and became powerful. They didn't start off this way. They let God's transformational love take them from point A to point B, the same person, but changed by faith. The commonality between them all, they had faith in God's promises, faith in the things he was calling them towards, and faith in their circumstances, and faith to take that next step. All right, so chapter 11 is full of all of these examples, and then chapter 12, verse 1, picks up with a very important word. It says, therefore. And there are certain words in the Bible that we need to pay sort of extra attention to to really understand what's going on. So he goes through chapter 11, all these examples of bold faith by ordinary people. And then chapter 12, verse 1, it says, therefore. Consequently, because of... And basically, uh, the verse goes on to sort of beg for action. Like, because of all of these things, I have an instruction and some direction for you based on these examples. Um, And so, I'm going to read it just in two different versions because I like some of the language. But Hebrews 12.1 in the NIV says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, 
and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So he's saying, get rid of the things that weigh you down and run. Uh, The Passion Translation says this, As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound. And I just really liked that word, because how often do our wounds or the things that we've been hurt by in life, how often are those the things that keep us from running the race that God has called us to? Um, Every wound that has pierced in the sin that we so easily fall into, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. I know I could use more passion and determination in my life. For the path that has already been marked out before us. So I don't know all of you. I know some of you. um, But even those who I know well, I don't know all of your story. Um, I don't know your circumstances. Um, I don't know if you have been on this race of faith for many years and you're just trying to figure out what the next thing is, um, or if this is the first time that you've ever heard from the word of God. Like, I don't, I don't know. And I know that we all come from different places, from different backgrounds, from different circumstances, and we all have things going on in our life. Um, but the thing that can be said Uh, that is true for all of us, regardless of all of those things and those differences, um, is that God has called you to something and that he is faithful. So regardless of any of those things, God has called you to something, he is faithful. Uh, And I think that it's when we begin to realize that that is true for us, we begin to ask the Lord what that thing is. Um, And so I was going to share a little story. Um, Probably about five and a half, six years ago, I was working at Linden Starbucks. um, And the Lord had sort of begun to like stir something in me that like something was going to be different or something was going to change. I met my husband. That was nice. But he wasn't my husband then. That was like a month ago. Um, But... Meanwhile, I was working at Starbucks, and I was going to church at the church that I'd, like, grown up in, that I'd, like, met the Lord at when I was in, like, fifth grade, that I was, like, serving. I was attached, to say the least. Um, But I was working at Starbucks, and Eric Young, who is with us this morning, um, used to be on staff here, came in, and we kind of knew each other. We went to high school together, but we didn't really know each other from that. Um, And he was like, oh, Ashley, what are you up to? And I was like, I don't know, like looking into different things. And he was like, oh, that was that. And then he left, and then he came back another day, and I was, like, outside, like, taking out trashes, so we had an opportunity to talk. And he was like, well, kind of told me a little about what he's up to, and said that the church that he was working at was hiring for a kids director position. Would I be interested in talking? I was like, sure, okay. So we talked about it. We met. Uh, I called him back later, and I said, no, I'm not interested. Like, that's not the thing for me. Um because I was really connected with students and I didn't really want a job working with kids and I was just very attached to the place that I was. Um, But then some things happened and I called him back and I was like, do you still have that job? Um, And I just really felt like very strong. Oh, and I said, I'll work with kids if you also let me work with students. Very important part of the story Um, because here we are today. But 
I just really felt like the Lord was calling me to that thing. And like regardless of the other things and like my attachment and the comfort that I was leaving, I, I knew that that was the next step. And that doesn't mean that it wasn't like terrifying, that it wasn't scary, that I didn't cry. Like I cried about it a lot and I got hired here and I was downstairs and I didn't have like any friends here. And I came from a place with a lot of friends and Mirta became my friend. I don't know how old you were then Mirta, probably like sixth grade. I had like a sixth grade friend and Mirta would like bring me hot dogs and we'd hang out and it was like such a weird season but all that to say that looking back on it like I have just been given like such a gift from the Lord for just like uh, relationships that I've made and like the Lord just like revealing the things that he's called me to like the opportunities that I have been given and it's crazy to look back and think that one step and it didn't really feel like a small step in the moment but it was still just a step has like led me to the place that I am today Um, and I think sometimes we don't even realize in the moment what it is but all that to say that Uh, taking a step of faith can look different for everyone. Like, and it probably actually does look different for everyone. Um, And I think that it really is just trusting that God has a plan for the things that he has asked and called you to, even when it doesn't make sense. Um, Some examples of like what a faith step might look like is just like your identity. Like maybe your faith step is actually just like walking in who God says that you are, even if you don't necessarily believe it about yourself. Um, Maybe it's your calling. Maybe the Lord has like a new thing that he's calling you to that's going to take some risk um, and might be scary. Maybe joining community is your step of faith. Like community is like incredibly powerful, but can also be incredibly vulnerable. But do we believe the things that God says um, about what we get when we join community? Um, Maybe you need to take a step of faith in your family. Uh, believe it or not, we can't control the people around us. Um, And so maybe that just looks like offering up the people around you to the Lord um, in prayer. Faith in trial, don't get me started, right? Like I could go on and on and we all have stories about what it looks like to like trust the Lord and his promises when things are really hard. Um, But there's something special that happens when we trust the Lord in our trial um, where our faith just like grows. And anyone, I'm sure all of you have like a testimony or a story of what it's looked like to trust the Lord in trial. Um, This morning, serving, I don't know if you like, I'm sure you noticed, we had Sophie, Lamb, and Ruth, which are three people who are a part of our ministry who are taking huge steps of faith just to be on this stage. They make it look easy, but like I've had the like opportunity to like walk through like some of the like stress that comes with that. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go on, although I could. Maybe it's a lot of things. Like I don't really think God's like, okay, here's your one step right now. Maybe there's like multiple things that he's calling you to. But my question for you is this, like what has God promised you and what is God calling you to? And maybe you don't know what God's promised you and you need to like spend some time in the word or maybe you need to remind yourself of the things that he's promised you, that he's going to be with you, uh, that he's going to give you wisdom, that he's going to guide you. Um, But my question is, what's your by faith action step? Not your like by skill, by motivation, by luck, but your by faith. What are you doing in your life currently that is by faith? Um, In that season of my life, my hey have been... By faith, Ashley left the familiarity of everything she'd ever known about church to take a job at CTK, trusting that God would work all things together for the good. Uh, So if there was a North Bay Hall of Faith, uh, examples of faith wall, uh, what would it say about you? 
Now, I just want to go back to the, the students for a second and make a point that when we asked them, hey, what actions have you taken in your faith this year? They're like, I don't know, none. And we're like, oh my gosh, you're so unaware of it. Like, they, and it's just that they are so like ingrained in community and they just like, just believe so naturally the things that God says about them and like the things that they're called to that they don't necessarily recognize them as acts of faith. Uh, so it might be big, it might be small, it might be something they're already walking in, but I just want to challenge you to think like, what might that thing be for me? So that actually brings me to our final point of the morning. Or is it still morning? Yeah, well, sort of total one. Uh, <laughs> And it goes back to that Hebrews 12 verse 1 where it said, where it says, let us run with endurance the race God has marked out for us. And I think the important word there is that it says within the race, it says the race of endurance in the Passion Translation, but like the marathon race. And what's important there is that it's not a, a race of who can get there first, who's fastest. We're not going for the trophy though, because Jesus already won. We don't need to try and strive for this big accomplishment. We don't need to strive to earn our salvation. This race that we're running is just taking steps with Jesus beside us and growing in relationship with him. So the point I have to make here is that faith isn't the race you're running, but it's the steps you're taking. It's not the goal, but it's just the process. You have to trust the process. (laughs) and one of my biggest steps with a couple, was a couple years ago when I was actually graduating high school. Um, yeah, I'm getting up there now. Um, but I had this big decision ahead of me. Where was I going to go? What was I going to do? And I had this original master plan I worked out where I was going to go to UW, go to my school, become a doctor, and that was going to be it. But because of what I found here at United, I'd found a community of people who were faithfully serving not because they expected something out of it, but because they saw that God loved everyone as they were and as who they were. And I saw that these leaders were just serving so faithfully, no matter what, they were sacrificing, they were taking all these steps. So, and eventually I started to feel like I wasn't done working here. I wasn't done doing the work here. So I took my step of faith, decided to not go to UW, stayed here, and here I am. We're here today. Um, But everyone's steps of faith look different, and that's why we have this little activity planned for us. It's something a little different from normal service. You guys might be able to see the boards up here and in the back. Um, We thought that taking a step of faith is easier once you have a, a physical, concrete initiation, like you do something that actually starts you on the process to take that step, something that actually picks up your leg and begins to put it down. So in your programs and also on the tables in the front and the back, there's little pieces of paper like this one that says, what is an area in your life where God may be calling you to faith? And all you guys got to do, I'm going to call the band up right now, um, is during worship, just write something down. It doesn't have to be something big. It literally can just be to have a conversation Maybe it's to forgive someone. Maybe it's to, to read the Bible. Maybe it's to pray. But all you got to do is write it down. And God is calling each and every person here to something. I know that. You might not know what it is yet, but ask him. And then once you have an idea, or once you have that calling, that step of faith, write it down, slap it up, because this is our own little 
hall of faith for North Bay, but it's a hall of examples to encourage each other, to help us take those steps together. So I'm going to close this out in prayer, and then we'll head into worship. But guys, I really just encourage you, everyone has a step of faith that's before them. It might not be moving to Antarctica. It could just be talking to someone. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Just that we get to wake up, breathe in your air, and step out into this world that you've created for us. There might be a lot of circumstances that hold us back from fully enjoying it and having that joy and peace, God. God, I just pray that you move in our hearts to see that there are steps before us. There's a race before us to be run. Not to win a trophy, not to strive, but Jesus, just to pursue you. So Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit moves in us to reveal the steps that you're leading us to take and that you remind us that you're with us through the entirety of that step and that process and the entirety of this race we call life. Jesus, we love you. In your name we pray.